This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook. Today is March 21st, 2023. Please tell us your name and the years you've been with Hofstra Radio. <laughs> I'm Dr. Vincent Pellegrino. I've been with Hofstra Radio since April of 2011. Okay. And what shows or programs have you worked on at Hofstra Radio? Well, I've basically been get, I'm a guest uh, speaker for the Newsline and other shows that have to deal with any LGBTQ issues or uh, news items. Uh, but I've been doing my own show, Talk It Out with Dr. Vince, since um, basically April of 2011. Yeah. Okay. Have you had any titles or positions at the station? Well, I'm com- well. They, you were calling me community volunteer, but I, I told John that I prefer uh, faculty mentor since I've been a professor at Hofstra for since 1992, and I've been a member of the radio station um, since 2011. And uh, and uh, as I said, I've been a longtime faculty member, and so my my job is beyond just being a volunteer and, and a community member. I'm I'm a faculty member. So, you know, and I consider myself to be someone that could really be helpful to the station, uh, teaching voice production, you know, because I teach public speaking and rhetoric uh, in, at uh, Hofstra. And I've been doing that for, since 92 and at other universities as well, such as Southern Connecticut State University and Nassau Community College and Queensboro College. In addition to acting classes, I teach theater as well. Okay. We've got a lot of ground to cover. This sounds like a lot of fun. Um, usually when I talk to former students or, or people who've, who've joined the station, usually I ask them, you know, what it is it that brought you to Hofstra or Hofstra Radio specifically? But we've, we've got multiple levels to deal with. So uh, if you don't mind going back in time, what first brought you to Hofstra University as a professor? All right. Well, I was... Um... Well, I got my PhD in 92 uh, at NYU, and at that time, I was hired at um, Hofstra through my dear friend, Lisa Merrill, who is, like myself, a drama therapist. We do creative arts therapy. I've been doing that since the middle um, middle 80s when I joined the um, NYU uh, doctoral program. And, uh, and so I have a doctorate in educational theater and drama therapy. And that's how I met Dr. Merrill at one of the uh, uh, conferences, I believe it was in Texas. And she came to my workshop and we became good friends. And then she told me about a position that was opening at Hofstra. And, you know, I went and interviewed there and with three of her colleagues and I got the position and I've been there ever since. And so it's been, uh, you know, through Dr. Merrill that I first got introduced to Hofstra. Okay. Um, did you know much about Hofstra University before you applied for the position? Did you have any expectations of the, the campus or the university? Yes. Good question. My sister, Mary Ann Jurassic, she's married now. She's been, you know, and she went to Hofstra and she graduated there, graduated there with a degree in finance. And I remember going to um, the, um, the graduation exercises and all that. So, and I always thought Hofstra was more of a Jewish university. I remember thinking because so so many Jewish uh, kids that would go to uh, Hofstra, and uh, but I found out later that it was Dutch, you know. So it was interesting. Um, but I always had a, a misconception about Hofstra. Um, but you know, they said my sister was the one who basically got me introduced to Hofstra University. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, I'm just curious because your time when you, you started at the university was about the time that I was an undergrad there. And, and you can, I'm sure, attest to the, to the physical changes of the university because I'm, I'm picturing the campus in the 1990s and, uh, and it's different than it is today, as well as the, the reputation of the university. And I wondered yes. if you could speak to a little bit of joining the university at the time and, and what it was like for you as a faculty member. When I started there, we were in Davison Hall, which was, uh, you know, one of the older buildings on campus and uh, near, you know, the quad where, you know, you had the, 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 the longstanding buildings such as the Goldwyn Theater and uh, Memorial Hall and all that. And I remember, you know, thinking that Hofstra wasn't that big a campus, but it was very nice. And, um, you know, I, I love the, you know, collegial feel of it uh, with the brick buildings and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we've seen such growth, uh, such as uh, Shapiro Hall, which is was called Hall, the new building for so long, and that's where we were moved to. And our department was basically originally with pathology, speech pathology, but now it's, it's uh, rhetoric. You know, it was called communications. Uh, it was called, you know, several different level you know, names. And, uh, you know, we finally settled on rhetoric. And now we're with the writing studies department, which is in Mason Hall, which is, again, one of the older buildings on California Avenue. So we've been all over the place. We feel like a little bit of a lost child, you know, a foster child, you know, our department um, rhetoric. But um, I've enjoyed teaching there. And, you know, when I got my degree in theater, speech and theater were combined in a way. And so it it was like, uh, it was easy for me to transition from the other, from theater, but I've taught theater both in high school and in in college. And uh, so I still do both and I'm still a professional actor as well. I still work uh, audition for films, TV, and I have a, my best friend is my manager and he helps him also helps me manage the the radio show. uh, Talk it out with Dr. Vince at Hofstra and now on podcast with um, on my website. Okay. Um, I want to stick with your, your early days of teaching at the university before we get to you joining the radio station. Um, was there a, a moment or an event or, or a course or something like that where you realized, yeah, I really feel comfortable here at the university. I really enjoy this. And, and this is, this is a, 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 an important moment in my life. I mean, when I joined the faculty at, at Hofstra, yeah, or your early days of teaching was there was there a moment where you thought, yeah, this is where I'm going to be, and I'm going to spend a lot of time. Yes, where, I was, where I was very comfortable at Hofstra. Uh, the only problem is that my doctorate was in theater, and I was in the communications department, so I was an adjunct. And sometimes adjuncts are not treated well, no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get the money that we should be getting. We don't get the prestige we should be getting. And I was insistent, I'm a doctor, you know, and I felt that I wasn't as recognized as I would appreciate it. When I joined the radio station, I was always addressed as Dr. Vince. Um, I was given, a, you know, more accreditation as far as I felt and respect um, rather than coming into Hofstra and teaching a couple classes a week, sometimes three. Uh, but I've always had second jobs in order to um, support myself. And I've worked as, um, again, as a drama therapist in various hospitals and clinics throughout Manhattan. Um, so I did that for many, for many years, as well as acting. And I even worked uh, side jobs where I worked in stores and retail in order to support myself. But So I felt that Hofstra was a, a, a very nice place. I felt my job was secure there, but 
I didn't feel as appreciated as I, and I brought that up several times with provosts and, and chairs, you know, about that being an adjunct while still being a doctor, you know, so. Got it. Got it. That, that, that sounds like one of the, the, the common pitfalls of working in academia is that yeah. you, you put in the work and you've, you've done, you're an expert and you have the expertise yeah. and the experience, yeah. but it's hard to get a, a foothold, but it's, it seems like it, yeah. it, it worked it, it, that you knew you had a, had a home at Hofstra university. Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I felt the most home was in this new department that I'm at writing studies. The chair is so wonderful. She's so respectful She's such a fan of my work. She's observed my classes many, several times. And, uh, as, uh, you know, other than doc, her and Dr. Merrill and several others during in the department who have come and gone, um, I always felt appreciated. Uh, but some people, no, no. Some, it's very political. Um, mm-hmm. That's a, a lot of politics and meanness, um, I've noticed. And not just, I wouldn't say in my department so much, but there's been acrimony between like the communications department and rhetoric. And I didn't want to be a part of it because I was with the you know radio station. I got caught in the middle. Um, so I'm so glad that uh, things have, you know, settled down. I'm with the writing studies department um, who have a wonderful chair, uh, but uh, you know, I feel like I'm on my own and I like that in a way. I like being on my own when I'm, te- you know, uh, as a professor, I come and go as I please basically. But I also am also involved with the depart, um, departmental personal committee, which ha- does hiring for um, professors. So I, I, I am being respected in that way as well. But I always felt that there has been, you know, you know, too much politics, and sometimes it affects my, you know, feelings about this, you know, teaching. But school, the school, not the teaching. I love I love teaching the courses um, of public speaking. And uh, rhetoric, or uh, which used to be called oral com. Okay, um, you mentioned several times, and and I've I've held myself back because I want to know more about this a little bit, and without going too elaborately, but you talked about drama therapy and the things that you've done sort of outside of the university right. space. Can you talk a little bit about what that is for those of us who don't sure, have? Yeah, I would love background? to. Because that's I'm always I've been I have a history of doing that because people say, is that therapy for actors? You know, (laughs) no, it's based on psychodrama, which was started by Moreno back in the 1920s. And psychodrama was an adjunct in a way, the same word to um, basically the psychotherapy. So instead of just talking about your problems, we would act them out and, you know, we would play roles. It it was a great job job for an, uh, an actor like myself. So I would take on roles like mom, the parents, mom, dad. I even took on my doctoral research was, um, well, one of it's, it's, this is a whole show in itself. But drama therapy includes many things, including masks, working with masks, puppets, video, as well as role play dramatizations. And I did my doctorate on creating masks for health professionals who were working with AIDS patients back in the 90s. Wow. And, that, and that's how I got my doctorate. They would have a mask. A mask means, and this relates to rhetoric, you are, um, your face is not showing how you feel. Your face is masking how you're feeling. And I actually had my group members who were doctors, nurses, therapists, um, you know, they all created masks um, of the, the uh, face they show to the public and, and, with sh- and also created the masks that they don't show. And those were filled with emotion because 
they were dealing with AIDS patients at the time in the 90s, in the middle of the crisis. And a lot of these um, clinicians felt, had strong feelings for their patients uh, who were dying. Yeah. And, um, and, and it created a lot of people quitting. Uh, they would have burnout. So I, I had created a, a support group where they, where they had a creative element where they were able to show the world, you know, how they really felt. And I even had them create masks out of plaster of Paris, which they adorned with all kinds of ribbons and, and sequins and stuff that they wanted to show to themselves an idealized um, self, someone who's free and, and, and happy and engaged and feeling supported at work, which is a big thing for many people in many professions. They do not feel supported. I, I, I'm so glad that you shared that about uh, your experience yes. working with um, the people who are supporting uh, those those who had who had AIDS in yeah. in the 1990s. Because not only were you caring for the patient, but you were part of a, a larger community and and a, almost a political and cultural advocate. And yeah. you mentioned that word burnout, and and I know that was a significant thing for a lot of healthcare providers at the time. So, oh my God, um, yeah. I was one. I would I worked um, in psychiatric for three years, and I would get patients that I liked a lot who would be discharged, and they were happy, and then coming back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They they didn't want to leave the the uh, the environment of the hospital. Um, they they were I, I called them internal victims. Um, mm-hmm. They never got through it, but dealing with them, it took a drain on you because you had these highs and lows all the time with these patients who also were very charismatic and, and you know, you cared for them yeah. and, uh, and then seeing them coming back and you felt like, what am I doing with you? You know, what am I doing here? Um, you know, and people burned out in psychiatric because it was a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, ups and downs. And it gets to be too much while you're dealing with your own life. And also when I was working as a drama therapist, I was teaching at Hofstra University. Mm. And the students at Hofstra are not always easy to work with. <laughs> <laughs> and I also taught high school, which is even worse, and middle school, which I've seen, you know, a lot of behavior, which impacts the pedagogy or to the teaching strategies that I use. You know, I try to teach Shakespeare to high school kids. I uh, had them play out roles. Some of them loved it and some of them fought me tooth and nail. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as I said, I, I'll be, I have a funny story. I'm going to interject, but I have a funny story where I got a job at um, Southern Connecticut State University, but I was interviewed by the chairwoman at a restaurant called Maggie McFly's in Connecticut. And she's asking me all these questions and the server who was a young lady, very, very attractive young lady. And, and she said, Dr. Pellegrino. I said, yes. I said, I was, your, uh, this is, what's her name? I can forget the name, but I was a, I was a student in your class. I loved that class. You, you had us, you know, play acting, Rome, uh, what was it? Hamlet. We loved it. And she, <laughs> I got the job. I got the job. The, the chairwoman was so impressed by the, the young lady's comments about, my teaching here in high school that I got the job at, at Southern Connecticut State University. I had that for a year. It was a wow. contract, years contract. And I enjoyed that. I did it for two years, excuse me, two years. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a fun story and a nice connection yeah. uh, to see the results of your work like that. That's, that's well, wonderful. Life has many, you know, opportunities and you just have to be there to, 
to enjoy them and uh, to see them. Yeah. Absolutely. So what was the opportunity that brought you to the radio station and when did you start there? No, I, I, I always remember you asking me this on you know, some of the questions and I don't remember exactly how the connection happened other than they were in the same building that we had our, you know, our offices. And I remember, you know, I had done some um, radio when I was at Oswego State when I, I did it for, I think, a year. And um, I remember making a mistake. I cursed uh, on the radio. I was like, oh, my God, the guy was so upset. You know, I, I, I don't think it was live. And mm. um, I, just, I, was a, I used the F word. And uh, anyway, I just remember that. But, uh, you know, I, I just happened to meet these people, Bruce and John, Bruce Avery and John Mullen. Mm-hmm. And they were just wonderful guys. And they said, why don't you have a wonderful voice? Why don't you come in and, and do a show with us? And so um, I, I think something like that happened. And I did the dra- training class with the, uh, the students and uh, enjoyed it very much. And um, the next thing I know, I had my own show, Talk It Out with Dr. Vince, which focuses on the, you know, uh, the LGBTQ uh, community and their friends telling their stories, uh, mainly about how, you know, the struggles and the joys of being gay or transgender or uh, lesbian or bisexual and the struggles. And uh, mainly my main focus or my mission statement is to reduce or eliminate gay shame in the world, Mm -hmm. which is still quite, uh, quite strong. Uh, We still have people living a lie, masking who they are, you know, not being who, you know, truthful. So I want to bring people on my show that talk about their life and what they learned from it and how they persevered and the joys, you know, and how they dealt with their struggles. And I did a documentary film and I wrote a book on that subject as well. No more gay shame. Talk it out. So uh, the, the importance of talking it out, being out, coming out of the closet, um, but, you know, also carefully because not everybody, you know, embraces, uh, you know, the gay lifestyle or the, you know, people who are of that community. Uh, And, you know, you you hear about it in the news every day, uh, being attacked, uh, killed, you know, Mm -hmm. and suicide. That's the main issue for me, teen suicide. Uh, I've had friends who really did, uh, who committed suicide, um, maybe because they had AIDS. And um, I I think about them all the time. Mm. Um, You've, you've, seen and, and experienced and worked with so many people yeah. over the years. And, yes. and it's wonderful to, to, to bring that, that, uh, sense of, uh, history and, and action and community, uh, to your radio show. But I, I, I want to get back to that. I, I want to bring that sort yeah. of knowledge and that experience and your acting and all that. And you, you meet up with Bruce and John and they suggest this idea to just jump back a little bit further, what did you know about the radio station or, or did you have any conception of what Hofstra radio was like before? I, really didn't, I, I knew it was a sports radio station. It was really focused on sports. I know there was music, some of the musics, uh, I don't want to call them the programs that they had. And mm-hmm. I was very familiar with some of the community volunteers works. Um, they told, you know, I met other community volunteers, you know, as I said, I like to be called a faculty mentor but, you know, we're, we're very much in, in sync with each other. There's Italiano. I'm Italian, so mm-hmm. I connected with the Italian ladies. 
and the souvenir d'Italia and all that. And, um, and the Irish and the Polish. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just felt it was such a diversif- uh, diversification of groups that we had here. And I, I enjoyed being part of that. Uh, so I really connected with everybody. You know, the students, um, you know, I, I always had wanted to have a student engineer. I didn't want to have to work the board, um, mm-hmm. you know, but I'd rather have a student there. Um, so sometimes I even engage with the students engineering the show with me uh, to get that youthful perspective when I had guests that were like my age, my generation. Mm. You know, so, uh, but again, uh, and that's how I met Christian Ladogovsky, who Christian, I think you interviewed. Um, he's been wonderful. He was the one who helped me with my book, helped me with my documentary film, and helped and created my website, and now is helping me with my podcast. So he's a, and he was a young man I met at the radio station. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed my my conversation with with Christian, and and yeah. I know we've got more stories and yeah. and questions to share. But uh, I I want to go back to your perception that WRHU was was a, a sports station that had some yeah. music, and and here's your background and your experience. Did you did you imagine? Did you wonder? Did you worry about how? Uh, show that you were going to produce might fit in with the rest of the program. Oh, I still do. I still do. I still feel, I know John is, and Bruce both struggle to find me engineers. Um, I would find them. They would be available and then they're not available. Um, I felt that there was a prejudice towards the LGBTQ. Um, I did. I not, you know, by some, not, you know, you know, many, mm-hmm. but again, I know in this society, you know, these generation X, they're supposed to be cool about everything, but I still feel that being gay is still a challenge for people. And then that's not a word that they're comfortable with. Um, and I, I feel that, that I, I, I struggle with that. I see it as a therapist, I'm very perceptive. And I don't feel, you know, still the sports focus does not engage the gay focus. Um, mm. You know, it's, there's still that shame that's there, you know, like, oh, we got to take a shower together. Oh, is he gay? Oh, she gay? And you know, I mean, I know that, um, you know, in sports world, there are a lot more examples of, you know, gay women in sports than, um, you know, out gay men. And, right. you know, when, when they brought out the Olympics, I remember that diver, among others, um, you know, it gets a lot of attention. You know, Mac Lega- you know, Greg Luganis, among others, others, you know, I mean, they were trailblazers as far as I was concerned, because sports and gay, it was... I felt that it was um, it was a, a schism between the two, and uh, I didn't feel exactly comfortable, you know. Um, and I, when I heard that, you know, I couldn't get an engineer, I felt that that still was playing in in there. People didn't want to be, um, you know, associated with the gay community, uh, you know, a gay show. So I, I, that's something I still deal with, um, you know. I try not to, you know, in in, in my life, but you know it. Um, I have a plethora of friends that I, and I have some family left, um, but I, you know, you know, it's, that's one thing It is, you know, I, I wish there was a, I felt a little more comfortable. I feel, still feel, um, some of them have been wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I've had some excellent students, excellent staff, you know, um, that I've worked with, especially the community volunteers. They've been lovely to me. And, and uh, John and Bruce, Bruce, I missed it deeply because he was such a wonderful man. You know, he was he was so open and, and always had um, his ear, you know, was there for me. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I could always knock on his door and he'd, 
invite me and would talk about things. And, uh, but it's been good. You know, as I said, I, you know, I'm still getting all these people coming on my show and, and I'm having uh, another podcast and I'm, I'm hoping that it'll go nationwide because I feel this message still needs to be told, especially when this Trump world where, you know, you've got so much hate and so much anger. And I, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm from the sixties, you know, I graduated from high school in 69 around the time of Woodstock and my school was very hippie at Oswego. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, 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 lo- I make love, not war. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I, and I still feel there's a lot of more people that want war than love, you know, and that's and sad what I'm seeing right now in this world. And, you know, the barricades being put up in New York, my city, you know, I also I have a place in Manhattan and a place in Connecticut, and I do feel more comfortable in Connecticut. But I, you know, I go to a gym where I, you know, I think I'm an oddity, but I have a group of friends who go to the same gym. But, you know, you still see that mentality, you know, it's the, the discomfort among the gay community, hmm. you know, mixing. Um, I, again, going back to your experience through uh, the various uh uh, opportunities you've had there, there has been change that, you know, I think of, you know, the 1990s and the campus at Hofstra and, and, and the way things are, are different now there's, there's been progress, but I, I, I agree that uh, with your sentiment that it's, it's not enough and there's not enough uh, ability for people to be comfortable in their own skin. So uh, I, I think the work of yourself and, and, and other like-minded people has gone a long way towards improving conditions for people. We try, you know, you could, you know, there, I, I used to be in 12 step and uh, you know, there's a saying that says today I'm doing the best I can. And for today, that's enough, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm doing the best I can. And for today, that's enough. And, you know, get, get, take the pressure off yourself. You can't cure the world. You know, uh, there's so many facets of this world we're dealing with. And, you know, I always say, if you have your health, you have everything, you know, especially as I get older, you know, so, and as, and I've been very blessed in many, many ways. And, uh, you know, um, as I said, I, you know, I had two wonderful parents. I struggled with them because they were, it wasn't easy for them to accept my being gay. My mother wanted my grandchildren, but fortunately my brother's son, um, had just had three boys, you know, within the past five, six years. So uh, now the Pellegrinos continue, so a little pressure off of me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I have a sister that I'm close to, but my brother is um, is slowly fading away with Alzheimer's. So like I said, if you have your health, you have everything. These little problems are minuscule compared to people who are going through so much more than we are, you know, and I'm grateful for what I have, you know. So, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to talk about my work and uh and to, and to meet you and uh and, you know as i said it's bringing up some emotion as i'm talking to you because mm-hmm. i'm thinking about the people that have gone you know i've lost and uh but you know hofstra i love the environment it's very alive uh, i can't wait i hope we have a party this year and uh you know it, i look forward to that and and getting to know the students but you know you know again there's a generational difference too you know i'm quite you know I'm old enough to be their grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. So, you know, never gonna, you know, I'm always gonna, and I, you know, get with Dr. Vince or I get professor. So, and I kind of like that, you know, you know, I don't expect to mix. I had my mixing when I was, you know, in my twenties and thirties, you know, so, you know, I did, um, you know, but things are nice here in Connecticut, 
So I'm enjoying my life here as well. And I, as I said, I, and I'm enjoying my time still at Hofstra and also doing the show. And I look forward to a couple more years of doing it. That sounds, that sounds great. Can we go back to the getting started at the station? Um, you mentioned the training class. Yeah. And again, you've got experience working in theater and you've got a doctorate and, and you've done all these things. And now you're training to be on the radio. Do you remember anything about those training classes? I remember they were challenging and learning the board, you know, and now the board is even more complex. Mm. But, you know, I had a friend who showed up the other day, a Christian, in fact, and he was like so amazed with the board, how advanced it is. And, uh, you know, I, I have like 50 shows in the bank. Uh, over the years. And uh, it's just nice to know, you know, that they're all there and they can just mm -hmm. be pulled up. Uh, but I remember the training classes. I just remember being, you know, not as comfortable working the board, but I was very comfortable speaking on, 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 um, on, you know, on the air, mm -hmm. you know, being an actor. So that wasn't anything. And also being in a professor in a training class with students, you know, you had to always act out in a certain way. Mm. You no, know, you're the professor, you know, in the room. Right. Did you get any good advice or training or was there a note that someone gave you that's that that helped you get comfortable on the air or or hosting your program? No, the more I did it. It's um yeah, John John and Bruce always were complimentary and so were some of the other staff members who've come and go like professional, you know, the professional in residence. Uh I like Pete right now he's doing, you know, I like he's you know engaging with him and uh, you know, but everybody has really been wonderful. I mean, uh, making me feel comfortable. John said something to me that I'll always remember. He said, you know, Vince, you're one of the reasons why we got the Marconi Award, you know, mm. because of what, you know, your show and what you brought, you know, your show has brought to the station, the prestige and the esteem of having an LGBTQ show, a very positive show, you know, and, and teaching people not to be shamed, not to feel less than to, to you know, so I, I've got the, the kind of affirmation and acknowledgement in, from people like Bruce and John and others uh, at the sh at the station. Yeah. Hmm. Were there any programs or interviews you remember doing of, of your own program where it felt like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. I feel comfortable that we're, or was it just you as from, from day one, you felt, you felt good about it. Was there a moment say, where you said, this is great. Yeah. I would say um, the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel. I think the first show is probably I was a little sketchy, you know, on my comfort level. But um, again, I didn't want to work the board. I wanted to have interactions with my guests. Sometimes I had as many as five people in the um, in the station doing the show. And I loved that. I loved, um, you know, I do group work. So um, but also my manager, who is my best friend, um, you know, really and others saying, my God, you're so good on the, uh, you're so good on the air, you know, your voice, your, the way you engage with the, uh, your, your, your guests, you know, uh, you know, mm. it just, all of that, you know, it's just what people had to say, the support I received from others. And, you know, I hear it and I hear it and it also boosted me up like an actor, you know, you, you got to get the job, you know, and I, acting has been very struggling because, you know, it's like you audition, and it's, you know, and you don't hear anything. And it's, it's very frustrating. If this, with, at least with doing the show, I do the show and on and Sunday it airs, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully. If it's not being preempted by a sports, a, a, you know, a game. Yeah. Like the Islanders. Yeah. You, you've, you've chosen some, some, some tough 
careers, you, uh, you know, acting and radio and academia, these, these are tough arenas to, to get a purchase. And it seems like, uh, you, you've had some success in all of them. That's, that's a, that's gotta be a nice yeah. feeling. I've had also working in hospitals and nursing homes and stuff like that. And with people there that could, I could, you know, I don't want to say it, but I really could strangle, um, <laughs> really some women that I worked with who were very anti me. Um, you know, for whatever reasons. And uh, I struggled with that. So in working in the health field has also been very uh, challenging. And uh, that's why I've kind of distanced myself from that now. And I st- focus on this, doing, doing radio and TV and uh, teaching, you know, and acting, you know, I, in my later years. I don't, uh, I still want, you know, do therapy to, to some degree with friends, <laughs> you know, hearing them being very empathetic to what they're going through, mm-hmm. um, especially on the air, because I've had a lot of my friends on the air on the shows, and uh, they've been wonderful. In fact, they were in my documentary film. A lot of you know, several of my friends, and uh, you know, so um, yeah, so that's uh, working in that field as well. In the health field, the medical field has also been very challenging. Yeah. Hmm. Um, this next question I usually ask, and again, this is geared towards someone who probably started as an undergrad or as a teenager and worked for several years at the radio station, but your, your experience is a little bit different, but I'm still going to ask it when you first joined the radio station, first got the invitation or idea to, to do a show, what did you hope the radio station would mean to you? And what did it become? Well, it became definitely a part of my life. I mean, um, in fact, in my will, I, uh, I am making a scholarship for uh, for the radio station because, it, you know, and I brought this even to my mother's attention because my parents were very um, successful. My father uh, took over a business that was nearly bankrupt in aviation and made it into this major company uh, worth millions. Mm-hmm. And um, we did really well with that. And I told my mother I was going to make a donation in, in my name, you know, to Hoffs, uh, to the radio station. She was all for that. She was never for, for anything else, but, you know, any charity. But she said, that's good, son. I like that one, you know, because they really helped you. They made you feel really good about yourself. You know, they really mm-hmm. supported you. And I felt that very much so. So, wow. yeah. yeah. So that's something I got, I received from being a part of the, the radio station and still being a part of the radio station. And, now working with Kathleen, you know, uh, who took over for John's p- former position as operations manager, you know, and now he's general manager. Um, you know, it's it's nice to have that connection with her and the new lady that's in char- uh, professional in residence. You know, very lovely. So uh, I'm enjoying the people I'm meeting. You know, feel co- the collegial with them. Well, Dr. Vince, this has been this has been quite a journey. Thank you for for sharing your story of your time at not only Hofstra Radio but Hofstra University and and all the things that you've done. Um, I am working on more questions, and I hope you have some more stories about your time at Hofstra Radio. Absolutely. If you have you know, if anyone want to reach out to me again, but it was a real pleasure. Um, just want to let people know that you know, I uh, my podcast is out. It's called Talk It Out with Dr. Vince. Um, my website is drvince.tv, D-R-V-I-N-C-E.tv, like television, and uh, to check me out. Um, anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm more than available. And my shows are still airing on Sunday nights at 11 o'clock uh, to 1130 at uh, WRHU. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been fun. Excellent. Me too, Brian. Thank you so much.